And I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. This podcast is all about the adventures that Danielle and I have as dance teachers and choreographers living here in New York City. We'll be sharing our experiences and all the ridiculous and hilarious truths. With that being said, let's get into today's topic. But before we do that, we have two special guests joining us from Deja Vu. We have, introduce yourself, guys. Hi, I'm John. I'm Shady. And we are moving Deja Vu. Woo-hoo. Yeah. <laughs> so we have them with us today as we do a movie comparison between Bring It On, which we've discussed before in the podcast, and the movie Anybody Can Dance 2 or ABDC 2. Um, okay. But before we kind of dive in, we want to give them the chance to share their at and their information about their podcast as well as themselves. So go ahead and give it to us, guys. Uh, well, we're on all podcast uh platforms except for pandora because pandora is being a bitch to us (laughs) pandora um but if you want you can uh find us on facebook and instagram we're at movie deja vu pod that is m-o-v-i-e-d-e-j-a-v-u-p-o-d uh and on twitter same spelling but no pod because why we're consistent yeah (laughs) Uh, we liked it that way and on Twitter, I am at Movies John, and that is John with no H. I am at Cookie O'Shady, C O O K I E O S H A D Y, exactly like it sounds. Nice. <laughs> well, now with that being said, let's get into today's topic a comparison. A group of superstar performers are disgraced when it's revealed that their routines have been stolen. Will they return to their former glory with the help of a new choreographer? Bring It On and ABCD2. Bring It On was released in 2000. It was written by Jessica Bed- Bedinger? Bedinger, yes. Sure. <laughs> and directed by Peyton Reed. It has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 63% and a Metacritic score of 52 out of 100. And that has 13 positive reviews, 14 mixed reviews, and four negative reviews. It's also been called the Citizen Kane of cheerleading movies. So I do just want to put that out there. I mean, honestly, I'm here for it. And I, <laughs> what other I, cheerleading movies do we have? Love it's it. A, love everything about it. Yeah, exactly. Besides the, it's, besides the franchise. Let's see. There's Sugar and Spice. I like that movie too. That's about cheerleaders who rob a bank. <laughs> it is i love that movie too, actually <laughs> it's a great movie anyway the imdb summary for bring it on is a champion high school cheerleading squad discovers its previous captain stole all their best routines from an inner city school and must scramble to compete at this year's championships yeah yeah, yeah that accurate that's it yep. mm-hmm. that's it <laughs> that's basically the whole movie <laughs> And then ABCD2 was released in 2015. It was written by, please, please excuse me. I'm going to do my best with these names. Remo and Tushar Haranandani. Haranandani, yes. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> with dialogue by Mayor Puri. And it was directed by Remo. Its Rotten Tomatoes score is uh, 54%. It does not have a Metacritic score, probably because it's a Bollywood movie. It has three reviews, though, and they're all it mixed. Does. 
list. Okay. You have so two we 60s can, and a 40. So, so we can fairly say it has a Metacritic score of like 55. 55. Okay. Okay. And the IMDb summary is based on the true story of the fictitious dance group, their rise to fame, sudden downfall, and their heroic attempt to seek vindication by regaining their lost pride and glory yeah (laughs) it's not inaccurate it's just a confusing way to word all of that i'm gonna say based on is a uh is a a loose term (laughs) i would say that's my first confusion um i have to be this person and shout them out just because me and daniel are choreographers the choreographer for bring it on is anna fletcher and the choreographer for uh, a B A B C D is uh, the director of the movie, which is Reno. It's Ramin or Remo. Remo. It's Remo. He also was the choreographer as well, who also had a guest appearance in the movie. Yep. We'll get to that. Oh, I did not realize that. He was well, one of the judges you. in one of the competitions. Yep. He was the first judge in the big competition. The first okay. one where they're like, you're terrible. He was the oh. guy with the hat. Where he just like dragged him over hot coals. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. I was the director choreographer of the movie. Okay. That like that part was was amazing to me because I was like, okay, okay, you can just say they're disqualified and let Um, them go. I'm also like, this is on like national television. Yeah. The worst one is the female judge where she was like, your mom died with her anklets on and like anklets in the culture is like the beads that they wear around their ankles. When she was like, your mom died with her anklets on, I'm very disappointed in you. She basically said your mom was a dancer and you're garbage. Like, I was like, oh God. Well then, I do have to say like the dramatics of it, they got disqualified and it was like the whole town or the whole city knew. And it was like, anytime someone saw them, they were like, you're a piece of shit, basically. I was like, okay, let's like... Bring it on was kind of the same thing too, though. So like, I, I love the comparison. Sorry, I don't want to get you off track, but I'm like, yeah, yep, yep, yep. All right, so everyone has their phone ready. Yeah. Yes. Timer out. All right, three, two, one, go. I mean, we could continue with that conversation. Where, I mean, the the differences though is that like it it's shown harder in ABCD2. Yeah. Um, the only thing that happens in Bring It On is that they're shown at the game when the clovers come and like yeah. Yeah. everyone votes to change the routine. But like nothing is said after that about that. No, then it's it. kind of like, we'll rebuild it. But in ABCD2, it was like everyone in the town was like, you're a terrible human being. How dare you? Like they basically like were like, you guys should all like but never come back. And I was like, that's very harsh for a dance competition. The, okay, like, I, I I, get that the settings are different, but the reason why I think it feels the same is because in high school, in like when you're in high school and, like, the entire school is at that football game yeah. and, like, you get just like that, you feel like your world's ending. And for, yeah. AB, um, for ABCD, too, they were literally – like they were all at work like it was their jobs and like friends and families like supporting them and so to like i i get what i like it felt like their world was ending too so like different scenario yeah. but i'm like if no, i were it, in those situations my world would have ended so i like I get yeah it. no it's like a very different scale but it's also the same proportion to sort of where they are in life yeah yeah, yeah. So, um, Sadie, do you have like a, a a plot breakdown of this one 
Um, I, <laughs> I did try to draw one up. It was a little bit difficult because um, the revelation happens so much sooner in ABCD2 than it happens in Bring It On that it does sort of yes. slow things up a little bit. Um, but basically what I have for plot points is, well, you start off um, <clears throat> the intro in both movies when you're introduced to sort of the core members of the group that you're following at first anyway, uh, it's done in sort of a roll call style in Bring It On. It's literally this, it's a Torrance's dream where it's a roll call style cheer where they're all saying their own names and everything. And then in ABCD2, it's a montage of people talking about different members of the group, but it's really just like the four members instead of all of the 20 people who are there. Because there are like 20 people in that dance group and you only learn like four of their names at that point. <laughs> um, but like it does give you a little bit of an idea of what their personality is going to be at least. Um, and then we find out obviously during that same time or immediately afterwards we do find out that this is a championship team this is, or group whatever you, you want to refer to them as. Um, so they the have a championship team. Or were they just highly respected because? Yeah, I guess it would, you wouldn't say they were a championship team. I think it was interesting though, because like, you know, the synopsis is like their, their like rise to fame and then their fall and then like bringing it back. But I was like, there really was no rise to fame unless yeah. that's playing off of, you know, this is a two, right? So this is a sequel. So unless it's playing off of the first movie, because the movie basically opened up with the big reveal, which was they're at this major dance competition TV, like televised show, right? All mm -hmm. of like World of Dance or America's Best Dance Crew. And they, it seemed to me when I was watching it that like they had won before or came in second, like people knew who they were and they were competing again. And then, um, but I was like, there was, there was no like rise to fame. Yeah, that's the thing. Although this is technically a sequel, ABCD, the first one, has nothing to do with it. Amazing. Like they have, they have the same. They share actors who play basically the same character names, but they are not the same character type. Like Vishnu, in the first movie, is a is still a choreographer and everything, but he breaks off from his from a school to start his own group. And it's more his story. So um, my understanding then, I guess, would be of that, like, you know, this group fictitious was like, I guess, yeah, highly respected. Maybe won a bunch of competitions. People thought they'd win, but there was no, I mean, the movie started with like the fall. There was yeah. no I'm calling malarkey. I tried. I listened. I was trying to be there with it. But the biggest <laughs> overall issue that I had with ABDC 2 um, is that they would, we didn't always get the buildup to these plot points. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what, that's what was like, like the, if the exec execution of the scene would be great and the mm -hmm. choreo where some fabulous stuff happening there. But like, we just didn't get the buildup to it because like literally to me, it felt like with this team and the, the before the movie scenes were like, we saw them competing over several weeks to get to like the top two teams. And then mm -hmm. at their final performance, they copycat. That's why I was like, y'all ain't one ship yet. Like you literally like almost got there. And so I'm like, 
they also yeah. they never really explained what that like was it actually a copycat thing was it like a pure coincidence they never I really two lines i okay. caught two lines where they were actually like yeah we did cheat uh-huh. And for that, we're sorry. But like, it's literally like two lines out of a two hour and 30 minute movie. I like, think they did copy, but it was weird, right? Because they said they copied that group um, that then from they- From the Philippines. Meet, yeah, yeah, but then they meet them later in the movie in, in Vegas and they're like so excited to meet them. And you know, um, what's the group called again? All-Stars, the Philippines All-Stars. Yeah, the Philippines All-Stars are like excited to meet fictitious and there just seems to be like no hard feelings. But maybe they didn't know about it. No, see, I'm calling malarkey again. Because, <laughs> so this is a fun backstory. I have, ha- I had a competition dance team. I've gone to battles and things like this. This is something I've literally lived through. They are a lot of fun, but they're also a lot of drama and craziness behind it. So that's why I like <laughs> both these movies. I'm like, they're not lying. There is no, especially because I remember parts of the movies where they show the two dance teams like side by side, mashing Mm -hmm. up with certain moves. There is no way the two dance crews that like you stole our choreography, even if you're a less team or not, there's no way there would have not been beef between the Filipino All-Stars and them. Like there's just no way, like egos are way too, way too invested and like well, and you get too many alpha egos in that so i just had a i mean i get, also, I get meeting your idols but like mm-mm. that's also the thing like the judges even said that they clearly used youtube to copy things right. although i'm not sure if it's like the full routine or they at least copied movements of it but if it was just movements of it, then it wouldn't be, there's no reason to disqualify you, right? In the real world. It would have to be that the, the sequencing is exactly the same. Even if you put it to a different song, it would have to be that the sequencing is exactly the same. But we're because- in Bollywood, baby. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see, then now you brought a good point. We have to jump over to bring it on. So yeah. <laughs> Danielle and I have discussed this in our podcast when we mentioned this movie before, but like, Sparky Palastri and like him going down the entire West Coast sharing the same dance routine. That is a real thing that happens more often than more than more dancers want to own up to. Because so here's the thing: competition routines are typically choreographed in the fall, and then everyone goes away for Christmas break and they come back in the new year for a competition season. Yeah. So these routines are learned very early and you just kind of have brush up rehearsals. So you do have choreographers or you'll have studios. They'll be like, oh, we need to learn a new routine very quickly. Let me bring in an outside choreographer. And an outside choreographer will be like, oh, I'll give you this dance and then I'll use it at this studio. Well, this other studio is at this county and they don't go to the same competitions. So I'm going to use this exact same dance. Maybe Mm -hmm. you'll get lucky and they'll change up the music and costumes, but like it's a very real thing like yeah i've never heard of that happening for a cheerleading squad specifically um but i have heard of that no i haven't heard of that but i have heard it for dance competitions as well and it only happens if like what tony just said if the studio hires in outside Mm -hmm. independent choreographers which i already could talk about like talk for an hour about and have issues with because i don't your teacher should be able to choreograph yes. a competition routine yes. if you're dubbing mm-hmm. yourself a competition studio. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. But, I mean, it is, like, I get it, right? Like, 
I just, I think that's such an interesting plot point in Bring It On. I am not a cheerleader or former cheerleader myself. I have three sisters who all of them were competitive cheerleaders from the time they were like first grade all the way through high school and uh, did, I've been to hundreds of cheerleading competitions, which is super fun if you yourself are not a cheerleader. but uh, I, I've never seen anything like that happen where um, two squads or two teams have a similar routine, similar enough to say that um, they were ripped off from each other. I've never heard of a high school cheerleading team that didn't have a coach. This team doesn't have yeah, a coach. Yeah, can we talk about that? There's not a single adult. Oh, I said that. We see Torrance's parents like randomly in a few scenes, but like you don't there even are no really actual see a adults looking at one teacher. But that's yeah. the thing about Bring It On is like it, the way that they frame it is like um, is like Big Red. She's the captain, but that means that she also like made all of the routines. Right, and they make it seem like she's been doing it for years too. Did she start off as captain slash choreographer as a right. freshman? Right, and like never, like as a freshman, like I'm confused. And so what yeah. I also think about is interesting about Bring It On is so like they find out that like Big Red is stealing these routines from the Clovers, right? And then mm-hmm. she graduates high school, which also like LOL, because she's already looks like she's 35. Uh, that whole cast, a lot of the new show was a smooth 47. Right. Come on, no, that whole no, cast. No, no, Kirsten Dunst was legitimately 16 years old when they cast her in that movie. She was actually younger than her character and wow. she was herself a high school cheerleader. So she's like, though, she's like the she, only actual teenager yeah, in that movie. Yeah, she actually okay. looks younger. But yeah. then it was, but then it happened again, right? So then it was like Kirsten Dunst who plays Torrance takes over, which again, it's like, okay, there's no coach. Like, it's just up to the cap captain to make, like, I did, I was on a cheerleading team mm-hmm. for like 10th grade through 12th grade. And we had a coach and then we had a captain and a co-captain. But anyway, it happens again because they end up hiring this outside, you know, cheer choreographer who's supposed to be amazing. And then they get to a big competition. And what happens is they realize that a team goes on before them and has the exact same routine that, they do. So I'm like, now it's happened twice to them. Yeah. <laughs> and I will say when you did that, when you were talking about that, and that made me think of like, I, so this is on it, especially when you're dealing like uh, cheerleading somewhat, but a lot of times at like dance competitions, and me and Danielle discuss this often, there's always certain music that is very popular yeah. every season and every year. So like to the point where like, you can basically, we, if you tell me a popular song, I can either tell you that you're like what's happening in the world because you hear that <laughs> song all the time. <laughs> and nothing makes your heart drop more. Like I just, mm-hmm. it makes me think about bringing on when they hear it's like, it's time for devastation. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> my song. That, I've had that happen where like, you get such ownership over your song. that yeah. like, it's a popular song that's on the radio. Everyone's using that song right now. But they're like, <laughs> that's the reverse that I've gotten to where I've gone to competition after competition or even judge where like, everyone is using the same song. Mm-hmm. So like, the year that uh, uh, Happy by For Real came out, I was like, if I have one more little kid group dance to Happy, <laughs> I'm going to lose it. Like, oh it's, it's, yeah, it's heart dropping. So like, I definitely felt that when they were like, no, no, and routines were different, but like hearing that music, you're just kind of like, oh my God, I can't, I can't. Yeah. 
No, it's uh, I was not a cheerleader. I was in marching band. So that's sort of where I am as far as like the popularity order in my family. Um, three, three cheerleader sisters who, by the way, all of them were captains and I was in the marching band. Um, but the year that, uh, <laughs> there was one season in marching band where like any given competition we went to, we heard another band play the Pirates of the Caribbean score minimum four times that day, minimum four bands that would have that same, that same music. Yeah. So God. I feel like that's just the thing that. that happens in any sort of performance based competition all right so now i have a question for our our lovely friends here um i have obviously both in both movies there's somebody that injures their leg mm-hmm. did you understand what actually happened in abcd2 with yeah. what's her name with i Vinny? like i was watching it and i like missed it are we like, talking I, about I, with Vinny? yeah when she yeah. fell yeah, when okay. she and, fell like i had to go back because I was not clear that it was like so bad that like she couldn't do anything. Right, well, she was doing the lift, she fell. And then when the doctor came out and said whatever she injured, I was just like, that's like two different parts of the leg, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <pick> one. <laughs> it was a little, it was a little Disney Channel for me because <laughs> the, lifted, the lifted, so like that is one of my specialties in large competition is doing a lot of lifts and stunts. Mm-hmm. Um, so like when she fell, bad camera angles honestly because like she landed and then they landed on top of her and i was like oh okay for if we're staying in the movie world it should be a break realistically speaking it should have been a break and then when we get to the doctor and we had a little language comedy back and forth which was cute but (laughs) that was cute like well, I was telling Danielle before when we were talking about the movies, I was like, "This is one of those moments that felt very Disney Channel original movie to me." And I was like, "Ah, this isn't real, but ah." Um, <laughs> but the fall was like it should have been. It should have been a break. But then he was like, "Oh, she sprained her ankle. She just needs rest." I'm like, they didn't put anything on her. They were just like, just sit down and like stay off of your feet. And then like it was literally like three days later, and she was doing like PT like exercises and was like re- gonna be ready for the final competition or and did, then you, in it. did you see yeah. where there was one part she's sitting on the floor and instead of having her foot up on the chair she had the chair like on the floor and had her foot resting so her foot was like an inch off the ground none of it made, none of it made like any sense like you wouldn't do that they, even with a sprained ankle you wouldn't be able to be like okay, I'll be, I'll just like sit down and not wrap it or ice it or anything and then be ready to go in two days. Right, it also was like a very short healing period. In Bring It On, it's Casey who gets injured in the very beginning doing a stunt. Yeah. But she breaks her leg and she's in the cast and not performing for the entire rest of the movie. Because you're out for the season, you're out for a season. Like usually, and again, where are the adults? But like that's one of those things where like you're just out for like when you injuries like that happen, you're mm-hmm. you're out for a whole season just because like even with the sprain, if your sprain is bad enough where you're going to see a doctor, right? You are even, out. Even if you think you can do it, they will still tell you you can't do it because you're risking permanent damage. Yep. Yeah. It just didn't make it just didn't make any sense. Like there yeah. was they were just you know she was just and sitting there. I'm not I am I'm not a medical doctor or professional, but. I, we always say that disclaimer just because, but from <laughs> yeah. experience and what little degree I have in studying of kinesthesiology for my degree, a sprain is always worse than a break. 
because a break it is a clean yeah oh yeah a break is clean clean and clear a sprain is messy because you can have you can pull more muscles in the process of recovering and then muscles also shrink when they're healing because they're pulled taut and so when you heal like that's why they make you go through uh, physical therapy to relax the muscle again i'm doing hand gestures as if you you would just like so and a sprain is messy because like with a break it's like okay you broke it we're gonna do surgery or whatever we need to do, and we're gonna put a cast on it and you physically mm-hmm. can't do anything. With a sprain, it's more dangerous because people are like, I'm fine. And, we'll and it's often a soft do. cast. It's a soft we'll cast where yeah, or we'll continue to do stuff. But um that yeah, even with like an easy sprain, you would never be able to go from zero to a hundred within John is completely shocked right now looking at No no, this is a, this is fascinating for me. Like we I, had we had yeah. a my, we had our compo- uh, the guy that did the jingles on Nick um, for Sound of Music and um, what was the it King, King and I, I. and yeah. he was going off on music left and right and I was just like this is so fascinating it was fascinating I was like cool more please <laughs> <laughs> but okay so obviously both movies have an audition montage yes have you guys like witnessed shit like that like bonkers. <laughs> off the cut especially with somebody being like i can't wear red or they're doing like these weird dance moves that you're just like i have no idea or or somebody who's just straight up doing a lap dance yeah and then is like oh i didn't realize this was for a cheerleading squad so that's the thing is like once in a while there'll always be like someone who thinks that they like can do Uh it or wants to do it maybe is like new to the industry goes to an audition like I get those, but it would never be a situation of like, oh, I didn't realize what this was for or like something like wildly outrageous or like, you know, like there's always <laughs> yeah. like, I'm sure it's happened in the world, but it, it's not as common as the movies make it seem. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. Well, like, I, it's, I, it's not as common, but you all, usually it's like, it's people new to the industry mm-hmm. that, or honestly, and I think it's why we haven't touched on this in our podcast because it's such a large topic. But reality television kind of like created a surge of uh, non-artists, I should say, or new artists coming into this artist art this artist world uh, where they just they're missing a certain training or background or even at the bare minimum understanding of it. So mm-hmm. like I will get get the extremes, but I'll get like uh, like the wrong type of material for the audition. You know, like it'll be I've done like we were doing in the heights. I was doing auditions for the musical In the Heights and literally I had somebody come in do like a full on like Cardi B dance song. And the sometimes, yeah, sometimes like, that does happen. Like sometimes people will be like, you know, especially if the audition specifically asks you to prepare something specific like a song yeah. or a dance style. Sometimes people will, will either just like not read it or be like, well, I'm not good at that. So I'm just going to show them what I am good at even though it's not what they want to see. Yes. But I mean, no, no one would ever like come in and like do a lap dance and be like, no. <laughs> or, or come in auditioning for Pippin when you're like, guys, this is like a dance team. We're not <laughs> doing. Right. Like, that's clearly the gymnasium, not the auditorium. As, but as crazy as, as that is, you don't have yeah. that. But like a lot of these auditions or are in the same building. So you, the hallways will feel like that. Cause like uh, Broadway Dance Center or 42nd Street Studios, like these large giant studio houses, you can very easily have an audition for Pippin in one room, Mm -hmm. rehearsals for 
Sierra down the hall, and then Michael Bublé's on the fourth floor belting no like, like yeah, you'll have that. That's crazy. true. Okay, you will be around that kind of craziness, but it typically. But the people know where they're going. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's also like this is clearly one is a high school gymnasium it, with with a panel of girls in cheerleading uniforms mm-hmm. <laughs> judging you, and then the other one is a street dance crew, it's an informal thing. It's not like they're in a building that other people would be using. So it's it's just weird in movies like this where that's not a situation that applies here. Exactly. <laughs> I have two weird things from both movies that are, I, I know I should suspend disbelief, but a part of me is just like, I can't do it on principle. Okay. Bring it okay. on. That's No cheerleading group wears their cheerleading uniform that much. No. No, never. No. They get you get one uniform and they're sweaty and gross, guys. Like let's yeah. call it like it is. I remember cheerleaders complaining when at my high school, um, the day of a football game, the Friday of a football game at school, all of the football players were supposed to wear a shirt and tie. Mm-hmm. Um and then all the cheerleaders were supposed to wear their uniforms and they would all be so upset about it and they would all yeah. like be wearing like instead of their skirt, they'd be wearing like the track pants that, you know, they all wear to um, practice instead. They did not like wearing their uniform when they did not absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, when I, when I was a cheerleader in high school, we would only wear our uniform on game, on home game days. If it Mm. wasn't a away game, it was like after school was over before you like left with your team on the bus to go to the away game. Mm. Everyone had time to change and do their hair and whatever. But a home game, they'd be like, oh, it's a home game, like school spirit, like wear your uniform that day. But even that was usually like, I would have a sweatshirt over and sweatpants on underneath because then it was also like, your coach was also like, but you can't get it dirty. And you're like, okay, like I'm not trying to get it dirty, but I'm also in high school and I have lunch and like, Thing. Well, that's what the girls at my school hate it is because we are like, I went to a crazy sports school. They would have, varsity would have games on like Tuesday, Friday, Saturday. So like if we had a major game on Friday, Saturday, you also have a Saturday night, you have another major game. So that's why I'm just, like, that's why I just think for me, it was like, I ain't suspended yeah. disbelief on these uniforms. Cause like, nah. yeah. No, that's, um, it wasn't like that at my high school, but it was um, our cheerleaders. And they had two competition seasons. They had fall semester and spring semester competition seasons. And for the record, at my school, the cheerleaders were better than every sports team except the track Same. team. Uh, which I guess is like bring it on, too. Yeah, where the, the football team sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. They suck so much they can't even effectively make fun of the male cheerleaders because the male cheerleaders are like, okay, fuck you, because you lost. Right. Um, my second disbelief um, for ABCD2 yeah. is their rehearsal space is the docks <laughs> outside of a bunch of shit. The shit yeah. was gorgeous, but there was no roof over anybody's head. Again, I've never, I've never been to India, yeah. but you're not going to tell me it's not a good breeze or a rainstorm <laughs> that they're not getting where they can have a whole two-month rehearsal period. <laughs> not, there's no weather affecting them. Yeah, I, I do. One of the things I loved about this movie is I loved the sets that they had. I, I, lo- I did. It looked beautiful, even though it makes no like logical sense. The dock setting looked beautiful. 
Yeah. I texted John while I was watching this movie and when they had like Vishnu's whole introduction song and everything in the bar, I was like, oh my God, John, this bar is so beautiful. I love it. I want to live in this. Those high ceilings. My goodness. And yeah. then Shady got anxiety so when they took the, uh, the Noids uh, pills. At the, oh my God. The I get so much anxiety <laughs> watching any movie or TV show or anything where somebody's meds get tampered with it. Like, it's like one yeah. of the worst things I could watch. That it like makes me want to pull my skin off. I was just like, Bollywood does American racism. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do. I do have to say, speaking of like the bar scene and stuff, and I texted Tony this, like that dance though, that so dance good. in the bar was so good. Yeah. It was definitely longer than it should have been. Um, which was Bollywood. Which was a lot, a lot of this movie. I mean, it was such a long movie, but that dance, that dancing, I think that was probably my favorite dancing in the entire movie. I just like, I love the choreography. I thought it was so well done. So clean. It was, was, my, that it was definitely my was favorite. That like a little more Bollywoody jazz or whatever you want to call oh, it. Oh, here's the thing. Bollywood is... The reason why Bollywood has its own title in competitions or across the world, because almost every form of dance is, is honestly a mixture. Like there are very, at this point in time, very few dances are like solidly one thing, even like ballet, you get your Russian or you get your French, yeah. you know, like it gets diverse too, a little mm -hmm. less so than the others. But like with Bollywood, there is such strong influences from so many styles, I could, I could go frame my friend be like, this move is definitely a Bollywood move. But then one second later, there, this would be technically a hip hop move. Yeah. And this would be a jazz move. So uh, like that number, I would probably call that whole number a jazz piece more than I, I will, would anything else. I don't know. What would you yeah, say? Yeah, I will say though, I think it was it was definitely more in the jazz realm. But I will say from if you're thinking of like what traditional Bollywood is, which includes a lot of like traditional Indian dance, Indian dance movements or um parts of different traditional indian dances put together i think that was the most like traditional in the sense of what we consider bollywood of the whole movie yeah, yeah because even when so when we get introduced to <laughs> lauren gottley um her when she's like a the pop star doing her music video shoot <laughs> that is still like bollywood dancing but that's more contemporized so like they definitely have those 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 moves are definitely a part of the culture, but they're just a contemporary version of what's already been done. So it's kind of hard to right because okay. what little I know of dance style as well as of Bollywood movies when they're at the competition, especially like the last the semifinals and their finals number, mm -hmm. it felt very like traditional pride, like Indian pride with. Bollywood moves and some hip hop Yes, especially moves. the yeah. last one. Yeah. Oh, I, oh. I, I loved that final routine though, how much like pride in their nation they put into that with like yeah. the, Speaking the, of the, colors. the powder and the, the, the colors yeah. and everything. It was beautiful. That was really great. Was, it was very like else, moving to me. Did anyone else get a punch in the gut when that pyramid fell at the end? John? John. I'm sorry, guys, to pick I this. got to that part at, like, 2 in the morning, so I didn't want to text you, but I was like, <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing to me? Why are you making me watch this? I thought he died. I was so I thought he emotional. Died. Like, they cut, it's like, we're great dance number. We cut to him, like, bleeding. I was like, oh, my God, he's going to die in the bottom of the pyramid. Like, that's literally <laughs> what my brain meant to. 
well, that actor is in both ABCD and then the sort of sequel, uh, Step um, Street Dancer 3D. And in every movie, he's got something. Oh, so in, he well in real life? What is? I have no. That's in the third one, in the third one, he does this massive stunt that's like jumping over a tower of bodies, and he breaks his leg. Do you think that he gets hurt? in real life like while they're filming or like before and then they have to like write it in i think he has such a sympathetic face that he can play the drama Mm, he does kind of have like a little baby face going on so uh (laughs) he is not deaf or mute that is only for this movie okay and the other ones he clearly has lines and everything but uh i think because he has like a very sympathetic look to himself obviously Mm -hmm. they need to throw some sort of drama in there because as well as with bollywood like bollywood dance style bollywood movies have everything they want to have everything in the kitchen sink that's why i think in this movie they threw in every (laughs) single dance trope (laughs) that happens like the injury is common but like there are so many even like they threw in like competition dance tropes so like they montaged it, but like the ninja costumes, that is a common trait that there's always a ninja dance team. There's always one that does use traditional flags. There was also the, there was also the, like, I think my favorite like trope of the movie was like the two second love triangle. Yeah, uh-huh. That- <laughs> and it was like, it's okay, we'll be friends now. And I was like, what, what? Yeah, no, there, there was, that was one of the threads that I was most frustrated by the lack of buildup to. Yeah. Because, like, there's, there's no indication in, like, the first, you know, 40 minutes of the movie that there's even a romantic tension between Vinny and, um, oh, what's his name? Sudo. The guy, Sudo. There you go. Um, there's, like, no indication that there's even a romance there at all. And then she admits that she likes him. And then we well, forget about well, it for, well, like... Well, 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 even before she admits it... They, she, th- before they go to Vegas, they do that practicing in the, in yeah, the, and he's, uh, they're sitting yeah. outside and they do like a, a, a partnering moment. And you clearly see like her have heart eyes. I her. mean, sure. But she also dances with like all of the guys in that scene. So it doesn't but feel like him specifically. It's like, ah, uh, ah, you know, I still think <laughs> it's a better love story than the choreographer meeting the only other Indian woman in all of Vegas who owns yes. a restaurant oh, also, who also has a secret child I was like there's no bill <laughs> like I think you said it you said it earlier Shady where it was like something happened and then it was over like I felt the same way I was like watching it and I knew the second he like bring the doorbell or knock on the door I was like oh this is gonna be some weird like secret romance child mm-hmm. thing and then he was just like it was like him and the kid were fine. Yeah. And then also my other my other favorite thing was how like when he like finally told them like what happened to the money and he like had he was like, oh like I had ulterior motives for coming to Vegas, but never in the movie I uh, did I ever feel like a buildup of like there was something why he like really needed to get to the US, like he really needed this. There was no inclination of like any want or need yeah the, there yeah, was a real lack shady. of tension like yeah. there's no real tension there it just sort of it was said and it happened and it didn't feel like it actually led to any new revelation or something for and any they, character 
Well, yeah, like it tell... made it seem he's gonna drink out, drink the money away versus yeah. like that's what thing. I thought. That yeah, was, yeah. I, I don't understand why he took the money, but he did tell the Noid why he's going to Vegas. Yeah, so, that he was like, like I don't care what happens. Yeah, I don't care what happens once we get to Vegas. I'm just getting to Vegas. I have right. I, I just felt like even that though, I was like, okay, but like I wanted to be like, oh my god, but like why? Like I yeah. okay. We'll yeah, there, there was no real intrigue built out of it or anything. Yeah, it was they just sort of the wrong asses. When I think about it, they whooped all the wrong asses in the movie. Because there is no way your coach went away with y'all money mid-competition. They didn't say where (laughs) he went, but he just disappeared out of Vegas. And no one whooped his ass? Like, there was no, we all just had a sit-down powwow? And they were like, it's okay, because you met your son. (laughs) Yeah. mm -mm. But I I gotta say, the thing that solidified me wanting to compare these two movies was that both teams didn't win at the end. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was gonna come yes. back to that. They don't win. Which they don't win. I, I think so I talked about this with uh, the Pitch Perfect Eurovision movie, but it does make a big difference to me in a movie like this, whether or not the team or the person you're following wins in the end or not, it totally changes the rest of the movie Absolutely. to me. I feel like for me, when they didn't win in Bring It On, I felt like, yes, I like this ending. I like that the Clovers won and that they were like, yeah, second place and excited. And yeah. in BBCD2, I wasn't as invested. And I kind of was like, after all of that, I kind of wish they had won. Yeah, then- it was it was tough because you you enjoy the, the second place win in Bring It On because the team that won is the team that they inadvertently had been stealing from. Right. And um, I'm, I don't know how how uh, far into the process it was until they dropped this whole thing. But originally the plan for Bring It On was that it was going to sort of feature both teams about equally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they decided I to cut back. I wish they did that. I wish they did that too. But um, also part of me knows 2000 Hollywood was probably going to make one of the Clovers, one of the most prominent Clovers and the one who does like the most stuff a white girl instead yeah so it's 2000 hollywood uh like like it really feels like the only reason they would let it be a movie about both black girls triumphing in the end is if you push them to the background and focused on the white girls instead unfortunately the actresses that that they use gabrielle union Mm -hmm. who is the lead clover yeah she was coming off of seven heaven and so she would, they were like the featured first black, she was the daughter of the, like the first black family on Seventh Heaven, which was like oh. essentially like the door, you know, the um, girl next door black version is what essentially she was. And the other three cheerleaders around her were part of a musical group called Black. So with the Q-U. Um, <laughs> and so they were literally like, that's why that's why I knew that about that changing it when they were like we wanted a wholesome girl so they picked Gabrielle Union and there was like mm-hmm. oh the people behind her we need them to have personality but we don't actually need them to have you know to be able to act really which yeah. is why they <laughs> threw in a little a girl group that was like lasted maybe a year and a half maybe two. yeah they, they uh, uh they were the I, I vaguely remember them having like maybe two songs that ever hit TRL right yeah mm. but, so yeah, that was definitely a thing. Um, yeah. And then versus like Kirsten Dunst, who was coming off of Kirsten Dunst. Oh. I think people. I mean, 
mean, no, I think people different. forget how big a star a child star Kirsten yeah. Welch oh, yeah. was. And yeah. this was her was very smooth transition into yeah, becoming she, a teen star. She was in everything as a kid into a teenager. And it was mm. all, I mean, it was all about, it was all about her. And then you had Eliza Dushku, who was coming off of Buffy. Buffy, yeah. Yeah. And she yeah, I had to look that up because I was just like, did she really do Buffy at this point? Yeah, yep. she did Buffy and she started on Angel already. Oh, yeah, so then right. she was full in that fandom. So for yeah. her. And, and then it worked her um, Big Red. Big Red was on Sabrina the Teenage yeah. Witch. Yeah, Lindsay Sloan, which yeah. I am so, I think Lindsay Sloan is so beautiful and I hate that they gave her such horrible hair in this movie. Because no. <laughs> she truly looks awful, but she is a gorgeous woman. But they, I, I mean, it worked. Big red, like <laughs> it it's big red, like big yeah. red. That works. Oh yeah, that whole personality and everything. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And then they to... had, oh, what was his name? Jesse Bradford as the love interest. As who, Cliff. Yeah. He he had like a moment during that. Yeah, time. he was like in other stuff around that time. Like, he, he was. Who he was. He existed <laughs> beyond this movie. What was he? he in? I think What's he did another thing? another couple of TV he, movies? I, I, I believe he did like a lot of like TV stints. Like he was like a guest actor on a lot of TV shows. He was shows. like one of those where it's like, you might not have known his name, but you were like, oh, I've definitely seen him in like yeah. this, this he, type of thing. I mean, he was like a big Tiger it. Beat type guy too. Like he was like just love being it. sold as like a heartthrob to like young girls. I'm gonna look him up right now. Love it, love it, love it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really, I you don't know what happened to him. Wait, was this after or before, though? Oh, he did that movie Swim Fan after. Do you guys remember that? That's the one. Yes. About the stalker. That's such a great movie. Great. I'll add it to the list because I do not. (laughs) Literally, when y'all said he did anything other than bring it on, you could have told me he died. I didn't know he was in it. It's, like, so terrible, but it, like, takes place in a high school. Of course. It has, of course, like, it was, like, the early 2000s. So, like, high school having crazy stats. Who was it? It was Erica Christensen, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's based on the, what's that Gun Close movie? Oh, um, 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 uh, I know the one. No. No, 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 no. Oh, I know which one you're talking about because I listened to a podcast about it recently. Her yeah. name in the her character name in the movie is Alex. It's Michael Douglas. Oh, um, yes, 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 yes. Because I they did it on How Did This Get Made, and I was dying. So basically, yeah, he's a part of the early movie. 2000s horror movie, Fatal Attraction. Oh, Fatal Attraction. That's the one. Fatal I was going to say it has a fair or attraction or something like that in the title. <laughs> I wanted to call it Dangerous Liaisons, but I was like, no, that's no, that's a period piece. <laughs> not dangerously. That's that's a that's a French uh, Enlightenment era it story, is. which is why it's not it. Right. I tell you, usually we have a set structure. I'm kind of happy that we're throwing oh, yeah. the rules out. Totally blowing. This it is out. an even better conversation than what we usually have. This is how me and Daniel do. We just have ten. <laughs> we do. We get we're to where so we're I watched an episode the other day and I was like making a pie and I was like, I'm making a pie right now, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys have, do you guys have anything else that you want to talk about specifically with the movies before we do like Like similarities between them? Yeah. Well, anything, just anything at this point. For me, choreography, like that's the one thing that I can say I've always enjoyed about Bollywood movies is in Mm -hmm. general, it's just like, they put their dancers through the ringer, whether you are dancer number 200 in the back or dancer in the front, 
they really put their dancers through the ringer. So it makes me really upset that like Lauren was terrible. Um, <laughs> some of those numbers, and this is such a dancer thing. Like the average person can probably watch this movie and notice nothing, but she was just late on some of those group numbers that like, I'm, I'm sure Danielle caught some too, where she's like, oh, that's not right. That's not, why are you late on that? There's why a couple you? things that look awkward too in the, what was it? Like the Charlie Chaplin one. Yeah. yeah. I, I assumed it was supposed to be Charlie Chaplin's. Yeah, yes. her costume made no sense. And that it really bothered well, her costume made no sense. And toward, at one point, like toward the end, she did this thing where she like, they picked her up and she like did a flip in the air and landed. And it just looked like they, my assumption is they never were able to get it right in rehearsal. And they finally were like, let's just do it. And we'll take the best take because the whole, like it looked like it was, it didn't look smooth. In this, it didn't. And one of the, like, something that bothered me, and I don't know, I need to go back and watch another dance movie to see how I feel about it. We are, transitions are a really big thing in dance. Mm -hmm. And in ABDC2, we did not get any transitions. Like, we didn't. Yeah, no, there were quite numbers, a few numbers. Sections of numbers where yeah. it was just like a clean camera cut. And I'm like, ooh, did we not get it right in rehearsal? Why did we not? <laughs> no, it, it, there were parts of it that reminded me of the finale of um, Center Stage, where there yes. are, there are costume yeah. changes that happen during a cutaway, but it doesn't make any sense if no, you try to think of it in real life. In life yep. There were like big portions of dance numbers in ABCD2 where it was like it was in slow motion, but obviously in real life it wouldn't be in slow motion. So what does it look like in real life to that yeah. real Clearly audience? it was for the audience's entertainment, not for what, what happens in real life. Yeah. Right. right. And this is something that I often say when you look at these movies, like who was the movie made for? Was it made mm -hmm. for... Mm -hmm average audience or was it made for dancers mm -hmm. bring it on which to which is why i think it has such a cult following that it is dancers and cheerleaders ago bring it on they were doing every stunt that was on there like because they don't cut they do cut away to the audience at moments but you mm -hmm. clearly know we are seeing the execution of some of these lifts that the the, the yeah. director and dp were just very careful about when we need to be on them and when we need to look away and so i think right. when you contrast they also it just feels weird yeah, they also, they took a lot of care with Bring It On that the, all of the Toros and Clovers who don't have lines, those are real cheerleaders. Some of them yeah. were professional cheerleaders. Yes. Yeah. So those stunts are real. Again, Kirsten Dunst was a high school cheerleader. I believe most of the other Toros and Clovers had at least some sort of mm -hmm. dance background so they could pick up yeah. on at least the more basic And stuff. I always appreciate when that happens. Like I appreciate yeah. if you're doing these big yes. numbers cheerleading or dance that you use people who actually know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I also really appreciate when like the main character has some sort of a background in it. So even if they're not perfect, you know, like there is, I mean, it was the same thing that happened with like Natalie Portman in um, Black Swan. And Myla Black Swan. in Black Swan. Like, mm -hmm. no, neither of them were perfect at all and they both still had doubles for the major sequences but both of them like had ballet training and like were trained to ballet at least until they were teenagers Except and then they for... went to like a boot camp sorry yeah they did right. do and then they had a, they had like a six-month boot camp before they started shooting it yeah. was her for sorry i was saying this for black swan that was her for the fuetes she's a left turner and she's weird i'm just saying it <laughs> <laughs> but with the weird well, I, what i, I heard with the 
uh, Black Swan, at least we can cut this. Uh, but what I heard with Black Swan was that they basically got Natalie Portman enough training to be able to do everything one out of 10 times. But that doesn't mean she would ever be a prima ballerina because a prima ballerina needs to do it 10 out of 10 times perfect. Right. Basically. But yeah. that's the thing with ABCD too. Like they were, if you look at their IMDb pages, they're all dancers. Yeah. Like oh, even the named characters are dancers. And yeah, well, you could tell. Oh yeah. Um, I mean the dancing, the dancing technique and the choreography mm -hmm. of ABCD too was incredible. I mean, it all of the dances were beautiful. That they were performed perfectly. Like I, I was not upset by. I mean, the oh no, 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 no. You know? Yeah, it's if anything, it's nitpicky things because I'm a choreographer watching formations and things <laughs> like that. But like yeah. overall, just watch enjoying it. Like no, they choose. They were very. It was very well done. But mm -hmm. even just again, the costume choices. I think it represented the world, the competition world of dance, very, very well. And Tony, you did say that Remo was the choreographer. He was only the choreographer for the. Indian stunners, like the team that we followed in the movie. The other teams were in charge of creating their own choreography. Oh, oh wow. So, because they're all real teams. That that's makes sense. Really they're real teams. They're real yeah. teams. Yeah. So, like, I think that's why if you wa watch it again, I don't know if you're going to, but if you do watch it again, I think that's why, like I said earlier, uh, the Indian stunners had a little more Indian pride, like with mm -hmm. their yes. moves and the rest of them looked like they were doing straight up hip hop mm -hmm. in my, yeah. you know, my, <laughs> my vision. Teams, yeah. I think that's also just accurate because like I said, you do get competition teams, especially like that high up the ladder. You have your mm -hmm. own kind of signature style that mm -hmm. like, so it kind of makes sense. Like, or you do have like, I'm going to choreograph this because uh, for bringing on, Hi-Hat. Hi-Hat choreographed mo uh, a lot of the Clover stuff. Okay. So like, uh, uh, um, Burr is cold out here. Hi-Hat choreographed it first, and uh -huh. then Annie Fletcher came in and did the Tauros' version of it. And so she was like, we had so much fun. She's like, I had so much fun doing the white versions of everything he did. <laughs> she was like, I would just go in cold turkey where he would show it to me. And then I would go away and come back the next day. And she's like, watching him laugh ridiculously to me, like him, to like her whitening it up for them to do it was hilarious. So like, yeah. So wait, they, they did the choreographers did what the movie does <laughs> in a way? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, just with like a a, a consent to it instead of they yes. did it on purpose. It wasn't, you know. <laughs> but that, I will that's say that's my favorite line in the movie is when she's like, "I know you don't think a white girl came up with that." <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I just, and I do want to say just on again choreography and in the industry one i'm happy they use real cheerleaders and real dancers because mm. me and danielle have seen plenty of times where they choose not to but i also <laughs> like that they give credit like giving credit to all these other choreographers on these projects because like you guys are movie aficionados like movies are not quick processes no. so like when you add in boot camp of dance training and then doing all these different takes where you're dancing in the midst of them too. That's why I believed her when she was like over rehearsal will cause injury because it's like, I guarantee you all those combinations, like all those dances were ran so many times before they ever got a costume or were ever on a set. Yeah. And then those mm -hmm. shooting days, I'm sure were incredibly long and rehearsed. And so like giving the credit, I'm just like, I'm just a big fan of like giving credit to the people that like are pouring their time and energy into putting yeah. all these things together. Cause those montages were numerous and very long, 
But yeah. to do something like that, all those crews probably had to do the entire dance and they had to film everything and then splice them together. So Right. And they had them at multiple camera angles too, which they probably had multi-cam set up when they did it in the first place. But if not, that means that they had to do it for every single angle too. Yeah, and that's yeah. That's a lot. Especially that finale that where they a- had the the dust. The colorful mm-hmm. dust coming everywhere. It's like so cool. You there guys was like two look, or three angles on that one. I, I don't know how many times you did this, but oh, because you yeah. gotta vacuum it all up. And I was gonna say then, the cleanup in between. I and, mean, and watching it this time around, I was like, I don't know how many days they spent in wet clothes for that one dance. Oh, uh, with a sprinkler. Anxiety. Yeah, because I'm like. I'm like I'm I'm watching it and I'm just like ooh I'm a little uh, burr it's cold for John right now watching it. <laughs> I don't even think cold water dancing gives me such anxiety because can it, is, it like cause a rash or something with your clothes? You get cold. You, you essentially get like cold sores because like okay. after you get pr- pruny and you're still kind of rubbing on the skin, so like that's an issue. But Ugh. also like dancing on dancing on normal dance stages are slippery. But dancing on water gives me <laughs> when they did it. It gives me anxiety tremendously. Oh, yeah. trust me. I did a lot of research looking up for this episode of all these dance movies. Water is a big thing. Because yes. <laughs> it looks cool. It looks really, really cool. It looks cool. cool. But like, oh my you, God. Well, <laughs> After this most time, I'm just like, we're good. Cost? Give me something new. <laughs> this is the, two, the, the three tricks. And I, I have a really ridiculous story about one of them. Water, <laughs> fire, and confetti are always nightmares when you're dancing, whether they're on camera or not. Water <laughs> is because most venues are not equipped to have water on the floor for long periods. So you have to build and put in a floor. Fire's difficult because every building has sprinkler systems and you have to have a fire marshal on site 24 seven if there's the possibility of fire. So multiple takes means, and they are not cheap because I've done a couple shows with them. So a fire marshal was probably sitting on literally on the edge of the stage for any time they shot stuff. Confetti sucks. I did a show where they were like, we're going to rehearse our confetti. And we, the choreographers kept being like, we don't need to. But the director was like, we've got plenty of confetti cannons. That's not what we're saying. We're saying we don't need to do it just because who's going to clean this up. Right. We're going to use them. 10 a.m. First one through, we use them. Uh, that last section again so who's gonna sweep up all this confetti so the director (laughs) and his little push room was on stage sweeping confetti (laughs) and then second run through did it again he used confetti again oh we have to clean this up again i don't think we need to use confetti well you're the one who decided to waste two hours of rehearsal (laughs) (laughs) so um a pain uh, is there anything else you want to talk about the movies? Because then we can get to yeah, spe- like if I have a, I have a couple more plot similarities that we didn't really get to. Okay, mm-hmm. but they also both come with like extreme, but there are also there are differences. Um, right. Well, the big one really is that both of the teams earn the respect of the team that they st- stole from. Mm-hmm. And also yeah. both of the teams form a rivalry with one of the other competing teams or yes uh, and then that also ends up with a shared respect between them but the difference is in bring it on it's the same team it's the clovers that they become rivals with and also stole from in abcd2 it's the philippine all-stars that they stole from but then it's the germans that they have the rivalry with 
Germans, what the fuck? Literally, <laughs> low key, Germany, do we have to pick them? Um, <laughs> and I was like, that feels very, um, okay, we're leaning into some stereotypes here. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Pitch Perfect 2 did it as well. So. They did. They really, they, 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 uh, but Das Sound Group was amazing. Um, <laughs> um, and the Germans in the in ABCD2 were the multi winners. Yeah. Multi year yes. winners. Yes, and so were the ones from Pitch Perfect. Yeah. So. Mm. No, well, we should have done scary. Pitch Perfect too. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> we're focusing on dance in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think with perfect. respect to like them getting gaining the respect of the opposite teams mm-hmm. that they like stole from, I do think they're. I think that's kind of like a dancer underlining community thing of like, mm-hmm. even with like the crazy egos and things like that. There is a certain level of like everyone puts in really hard work to be able to do what we do. So right. like I do, I can see that. Like I both in both movies, I felt. I felt that they did earn that, like, we put in the work to yeah. earn your respect. Yes. Um, even with, like, I, ABC2, where they were, like, the, you know, even with the Germans, like, on stage, like, pushing through, like, I think that just general, like, you may hate how we got here or that we're here, but, like, we also are putting in hard work like you. So I think mm-hmm. that underlying thing I can definitely get behind. Yeah. Um, and then the other similarity I had between them, this is like a totally minor one. It's really not a plot point. It's more of an aesthetic thing. And it's really not a similarity. It's just a variation. Um, but going back to the Charlie Chaplin routine mm-hmm. in ABCD2, obviously inspired by silent film acting, which is largely inspired by mime. Mm-hmm. And mime is one of the techniques that they incorporate <laughs> in their final routine in Bring It On. Uh, Ew, that's... you're right. <laughs> But no, that's like history. a very, very small, very small thing. <laughs> but know I mean, your I mean, dance history. I'm for that. Yeah. Your dance history. It always comes back into play some kind of way. And like, yeah. there's a ton of differences, but you know what? We've talked these movies. <laughs> We've <laughs> talked a lot we about have. I think, yeah. We've talked about them. Um, <laughs> all right, everyone stop your clock. Thank you for participating in that and <laughs> timing everything. Uh, Shady, do you want to enter us into special features? Sure, let me pull up the script. If you guys have anything else to say. I do have a question though for you guys for special mm. features yeah. when we get there. That's fine. All right, so moving on to special features. If you are a listener of this podcast, um, Movie Deja Vu, then you know that typically what we do is John and I will each take a movie that we've been talking about, do further research, and then try to sort of surprise each other with facts. And even if we can't surprise each other, we just try to have fun with it anyway. Um, but because we have another podcast collaborating with us, Point Your Toes, we thought we would pitch this over to them and sort of let them uh, let them uh, have their input as far as the dance competition world. So now I just have a quick question oh, yeah. that ties with ABCD2 specifically. Mm-hmm. So you know that whole money thing we mentioned and... Yeah. Uh, w- when you go to competition, do you have to pay for it all at once or do you pay for it if you make it to the next round? No, so neither, kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so first of all, like you would never bring cash. Like that's crazy. Yeah, that's just <laughs> But not also it. what happens is like, you know, if you're in the competition world, um, you usually, you know, it's through your studio. So you'll basically pay the, you'll, 
pay everything through through the studio. So if I'm the student, I'll pay my studio competition fees. Mm-hmm. And then the studio, and I actually also worked at a ballroom studio for a couple of years after college. And um, they like, they would go to competitions, the people that took lessons and stuff there and the, uh, the instructors. And it was the same thing where like, same exact thing as when I was a child, like the student regardless of age, pays the studio what the studio says, this is this is what you owe for competition fees. And then the studio writes a check or does the does your credit card online to pay for the entry fees. Um, mm-hmm. So the studio will pay for the entry fees, but the, you know what I mean? But, and then you would pay it all at once, right? Like there would never be like, oh, you wait till the next round. Like there is like a, it's an entry fee you basically pay for. Yeah, it's, that's, that's it. what I thought. Yeah. It's, it's an entry fee and essentially it's a holding fee to be like, your spot is held so that, cause they're like competitions can only take but X amount of people. Anyway. Right, so it's that. And it would also never be like, I mean, like ballroom competitions are, can get very, very, very expensive. Like it was crazy when I worked at the studio. But it still would never be something like, like the kind of competition that they went to in ABCD2, like it would never require that much money. When I was initially watching it and they're like, oh, we need to raise money. I was like, oh, they need to raise money because they need to go to Vegas. Not because they need to give the competition the money. Mm, But like you were thinking more travel money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because like in that competition fee, it's like. I'm with Danielle. When they said such a large number, in my head, it was like, again, having done this, it's like travel fee, hotels, costumes, because rhinestones get expensive, y'all. Yeah. Costumes. <laughs> Especially those costumes makeup. that they had. Yeah. Oh, those were gorgeous. Thinking, so, I know costumes where they had the, the broken uh, colors on each and, of the armbands like for the, the guys. Sleeve of armor yeah, or whatever it I was. I would hate to be that costume designer to sit there hot gluing each individual <laughs> But it seems like, and also you got to have backups when some fall off in transport. So in my head, that large number is including everything, all of that stuff. So I also like, I thought it was so interesting in the movie how like they got to the competition, they like went through the first round or something, and then it was like the guy was like, "We need your money." Right. That ain't happening. That's what. That's where my question was. Yeah, I've had a time, and I was like, "Do you pay if you make it to the next?" No. no, I've had competitions because typically two different versions and something like that. It's where um, one, I've arrived on competition day and they're like, here's the rest of our money or like, here's all of our money. Like we, you do your holding fee. And then on the day of the competition or like, typically it's a few days leading yeah. up to it. Like every the, on yeah. the day of is like, here's all of our money. They're like, great, keep going. Or <laughs> even when you have levels to it, those are still separate competitions. So like the initial competition, semifinals, quarterfinals, those are all different competitions on different days. So those yeah. are still different things where you're paying different, you would still have to pay different money for that. Right. But probably already paid one. Or if it's something like a national televised, like World of Dance, where there's multiple rounds like that, that money is cleared at the beginning and you're just kind of pushed all the way through. Yeah, because- if, it's something, if it's something big like that, especially a televised, it's like maybe a one-time like fee for something, but those types of things like you you really aren't paying out of pocket. Gotcha. Like, because and I I guess this is a share because for uh, like the part of the section that we're in, um, those dances are pre-planned months in advance. So like on World of Dance, those core those numbers 
were choreographed before they ever started filming anything before they ever right. got on the competition and the only thing that like because we're american we're terrible the only thing that's a little like iffy will be um like musical clearance or clearance to use a certain song like uh the year that michael jackson passed sony music is the holder of his music and the jackson family and the jackson estate locked all michael jackson music so literally that entire year like that yeah basically a year after his death no one could do anything with his music because they could not get rights to it yeah wow. or um uh world of dance uh oh i forgot their name unity something they end up dancing to like pretty wings by maxwell but essentially they didn't want to use that song for the finale they wanted to use another song but it didn't mm -hmm. it didn't get cleared so they went to their second song it didn't get cleared they went to their third song it didn't get cleared they got to their fourth song and literally that was pretty wings and they weren't sure if it was going to get cleared and at the last minute like uh maxwell was literally like you can't yeah you have my special permission to use it and then we'll clear it on the back end so yeah. like clearance is a huge thing on these films and movies huge huge thing but in but um, yeah in terms of like your routine would be set right like oh, a, yeah, lot, set. a lot of studios or like you learn you spend the fall learning your dance competition pieces and then like you said tony said earlier you go away for the holidays you come back and it's brush-ups and getting ready and competitions start in february what right. you don't learn you don't learn it in two months and get ready and then maybe learn it uh, like days before you have to perform it. Right. <laughs> I also always loved, quick side note, I also always loved about like watching Dance Moms where she'd be like, We're gonna, we have a competition next week, so it's a new routine. And I'm like, that's not how competitions work. You Lying. also need to be at every single competition. Right. You have, do you, so you learn like three, like two or three routines and then you're saying we're doing this one at this yeah. competition. Oh, you're so, so like, kind. I, I do understand <laughs> that being a thing. I do understand that being a thing that gets changed in movies all the time when there's dance competitions because you do want the audience to see different routines. Of course. Oh yeah. But so, like it is drama, yeah. the drama of like, are we gonna get it together in time? Right. Like, it's like yeah. the same thing with cheerleading in competitive cheerleading. You do the same routine for the entire competition season. You don't. Right. Uh, and, and to be fair to bring it on, they do like sort of excuse it by having reasons that the Toros yeah. have to change and their there routine. Are, and there are things where like, should it be something like a competition where it's like, you know, like semis and then finals or nationals mm -hmm. or regionals. Like it's the same thing with dance where like, if you were to do something like uh, New York City Dance Alliance and you do the mm -hmm. regionals, if you get picked for finals, you might have a second routine for finals. But these are things that are, already prepped and prepared oh, yeah. right. like should or, we get picked right it depends on the competition because again mm. when in new york city they have that there is a step-up competition in new york city that's actually funded by the city and every year for step up you have to do qualifiers you cannot if you if you make it past qualifiers your first dance in the competition has to be what you use for qualifiers yeah, mm, like a lot of Eurovision that as well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like you're that's all you had to tell me. It's like Eurovision. I'd be like, got it. Next, <laughs> uh, or like, and I'm, but I'm with Danielle. Like there, and there were certain competitions. Where I was like, okay, if you move on, it is like semis and it's finals. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, this is our semifinal dance. Maybe we'll get to do it, or maybe we'll save it for the concert exactly. at home. You just prep right. it ahead of time. There's no like we have a comp we're gonna go to this competition next week so we're gonna you guys are gonna learn a new solo like 
Mm-hmm. No, like all of those comp, especially as a kid, um, like anything from elementary through high school, like all these competitions are separate, you know, they're separate events and companies, mm-hmm. right? So you just do your same dance over and over, you know, hoping you just like win overall. Or, and I have to talk about this because it happens all the time in dance movies and it's different. I mean, it happened in both of these movies, but it's like, Injuries happen. They're not as uh-huh. frequent, but the injuries do happen. You don't magically find a replacement or you don't magically like there's <laughs> yeah, not all this weird it. stuff. It's literally like, Casey, take two steps to the left. Yep. And the whole second section, everyone <laughs> make sure you're over one foot to the left. Yep. All right, <laughs> let's run it. Like you replacing for- and maybe say, Oh, Tony, you weren't in section B. Now you're gonna be in section B. Yes. Yeah. What about yeah. the lift? We cutting it. We gonna go from here to yeah. here. <laughs> Touch to the rainbow. Let's go. Five, six, yeah. seven. Like you don't there because there's no time. Like there's yeah, no time so. to. This is adults. Yeah, that is one of the things that I always thought was strange with Bring It On is I don't really understand the timeline as far as are these all at the beginning of the movie are these all the same cheerleaders who were on the team the year before or was there already a round of auditions for or um basically right. for the freshmen well and the way that when they do when they do start looking for for new people right mm-hmm. like you know when elijah dushku comes in and everything it is interesting because the way they frame it makes me seem like they don't accept any newbies and then yeah. has someone they may not know, because someone got hurt they're like okay fine i guess we'll see who's out they may not because my and some again this is a we can sorry on our podcast we constantly have an argument between like studio dance and like concert dance there's a whole drama (laughs) this is very common in studio dance either or or -hmm. even sometimes in some concert dance too but it's like let's go with the high school format to make it easier if you're a eighth grader Mm -hmm. you will have auditions at the end of your eighth grade year Okay. Or your ninth grade year. And so that audition in the spring or at the end of the school year or whatever. Yeah. We pick our people. And so all summer long, you're either doing the boot camp with us, the training camp, or you're getting the information about it. So when the new school year starts, you start, you start, starts. Yeah. <laughs> might have a, um, have a um, Did somebody unplug? I didn't do anything. What? I think we're good. Okay. I think we're good now. Okay. Oh, that was weird. I had an echo. Um, <laughs> when the when the new school year starts, they don't hold auditions because all their spots were filled. And then right. randomly, someone's injured or, you know, family decided to move out of town. So the That's company will be set, like the company, studios, yeah. dances, companies, but the company will be set before the school year started. Or it's like you learned pieces in the fall for competition season and then February COVID happens or like dad got a new <laughs> job and moved somewhere. So now that person's not available. So Mackenzie, you were here. Now you can get tucked in and now you're in it. So like, but a lot of times there are no last minute auditions. No. Yeah, no, oh, yeah, I, that, I, I always thought that was so interesting with a uh, bring it on because in my experience, it's a similar thing with high school cheerleading. You audition at the end of the year before so that you spend all summer practicing and going uh-huh. to cheer camp with the same team. So you still, if you're a freshman, cheerleader it's because you auditioned as an eighth grader um but then if somebody if something happens like that and it's still early enough where they could get a replacement uh before competitions or anything like that um 
they would probably pull from somebody who had already auditioned from yes. somebody who just barely yeah, missed the cut. They know where like they were like, oh, maybe next year, maybe not this year, but then right. someone got moved away and they're like all right let's take them now yeah. right the and they don't also, seem to have like a, a varsity and a jv squad in this right, movie but insane. in my ex in my experience you have your varsity squad and your jv right, squad so you and if you needed right yeah. exactly and wouldn't they also name captain at the end of the year yes mm -hmm. like because you would be captain, captain. You would be captain yeah. at cheer camp or, or yep. boot camp or whatever you're doing. So it's awesome. like Big Red, aren't you in college? Why yeah, are you what, why right, are you? that was it too. I'm like, yeah, okay. that was there. That was like she's just, she's just hanging out with a bunch of high schoolers even though she graduated supposedly three months ago. I mean, some yeah. of the girls do it's that. It's so, I mean, it does happen. Uh, <laughs> do you guys have any other trivia about these movies or about like- One thing I wanna add, which we kind of touched upon earlier um, is, so Lauren Gottlieb is in ABCD2 mm -hmm. and she was a final four of season three of So You Think You Can Dance in America because she's American. And um, I was like, you know, on IMDb looking up trivia as I was starting to watch the movie and I saw her name come up in the opening credits and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going through it and, and I'm reading about her. And so it, it turns out, so we were talking about this earlier. Apparently like she is a little bit part Indian, but only like a tiny bit. Like she doesn't identify as Indian, right? She like grew up in America, born and raised in the States, competed in the States and going through her stuff. It seems like she primarily only works in the Bollywood and Indian market now which I, and lives in the US, which I think is like super, super interesting. And Tony and I were kind of talking, we're texting about it before and we're wondering, is it that she, um, you know, like she wanted a certain amount of money or claim to fame and they wouldn't give it to her here. And so she, you know, they were like, go to India or was it that like, she, you know, like her agent was like, so here's the deal. Like, you're not gonna work in the US. Like you're not booking. But like, I have a connection, you're ethnically ambiguous, and you could do really well in the Bollywood market, like for them. And the other so point I'm I very, brought up. I'm very, very interested into like, how this came to be, because I went to like her websites and her Instagram and IMDb and everything is like, no, she like only works in Bollywood now, but lives in LA. But it's one of those things that it also makes me wonder, and this is a thing that like, does happen with people that are racially ambiguous or don't stereotypically speaking do not look their race when the opportunity presents themselves to kind of do the type of work that you couldn't normally get like because like i said lauren does not look like she is an indian girl but yeah. so she may have like her whole life wanted to be the bollywood star but thought she never could because she doesn't necessarily look it you know like i've also seen i've seen that happen before where you get girls that are you know we all know each other from a place that we work. Um, and there was a young lady that they were doing the musical in the Heights, which is about predominantly a Hispanic group of people. And this young lady is white with freckles and brown hair, but she got to play Nina and in the Heights. And she was like, and I was having strong emotions about it. And she was like, I totally get your emotions. But she was like, Tony, you know that like, I am Mexican. I like I you like yeah. I, literally like her grandparents are full on abuelas. Um, but it's so, interesting like, because even though even though she is 
she is Mexican, this, this girl we're talking about, she would never professionally get cast in the role exactly. because she had like brown hair and freckles and her sister had like red hair and freckles. Her sister wasn't any on Broadway. So like, y'all, it's a yeah. whole thing. So like, I, I, and so, and again, so in that moment, she felt so happy to like be able to delve into a side of her that she couldn't, she knows she could probably never get away professionally. And so yeah, I so wonder if that's is, the same thing with Lauren. I don't, I don't yeah, know. I'm just, I'm just very interested to see kind of, I, I mean, I would just be very interested to know like what brought her there and what her path was there and why people are like, yeah, let's like cast this woman who like, you know, they have really amazing actors and dancers in India. Like, it's just very interesting to me. In but, so you think you can dance. What was Lauren's character type, if you remember? <laughs> um, I mean, they don't have that. Now that I, we looked up the season, because I can tell you guys before I didn't completely remember. Looking at the <laughs> cast, Sam, uh, Sabra? 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 I think it was Sabra, was, Sabra was the... <laughs> She was the ethnic girl out of the group because Sabra had a beautiful curly black afro, often wore braids. So like when we're dealing with television and uh, there are types. And so, yeah. especially this early on in So You Think You Dance, we did, they didn't even have the part where like the professionals joined them for their partners. They were all, all 20 were like contestants. So very yeah. process. And so Sabra was the ethnic ambiguous girl. So like there is no way that they like I don't ever recall them playing up Lauren's ethnicity. No, they didn't. If a they, girl dancer. <laughs> if anything, if anything, she like um she they like, like played up yeah. her that she would mm -hmm. you know how they're usually in reality TV shows there's like the villain or the bitch character. Yeah. No, um I think they like kind of a little bit like play her as the villain sometimes because she was more of like the underdog but the underdog that people like actually didn't want to see do well because maybe <laughs> like yeah but they didn't like if anything they kind of played her as like a little bit of like more of like the punk rocky like edgy dancer but mm. she just was like she was just a studio jazz dancer oh and that was it because again sombra was the ethnic girl lacy was the ballroom girl and she was the edgy girl that was what it was for the top girl. But it yeah, wasn't but... even that, like, for me, it like, she was just... <laughs> I mean... It's, it's, just, it's just interesting. It's all very yeah. interesting to me how, like, she got picked or was told or wanted to or was pushed into this Bollywood market. Mm. And um, it's just all... It's just, like, very... Uh, it's very interesting. Because, yeah, there wasn't... They didn't play up too many, like, archetypes back then on so you think you can dance like there are the people that you like they definitely like edited the video footage to showcase them in a light more of you wanting to like vote for them yeah. and I would say Lauren they kind of like meh with but also like comparatively I think personally there were people who were also technically better than her and artistically better than her on the show and something mm -hmm. else that I just think about when I think of like Bollywood to Hollywood movies is that like to Americans, typically, Bollywood movies are so campy that we don't often let those actors translate over into Hollywood. Right. Like Priyanka, I don't remember uh -huh. her last name, Jonas. Yeah. Yeah. 
who is a worldwide superstar but it specifically in the united states she's considered the less famous of that couple i remember when priyanka joined the oh my god what was the name of her show on on abc Quantico. i remember when i saw the promotionals for her and like i said Mm -hmm. i love bollywood so like i've watched a couple other stuff with her in it um literally in the music video for the hottest girl in the world like that's the name of the song and she's like the lead girl in it yeah dancing and singing and doing all this great stuff and then when they announced her i go oh are we finally like ready as americans to accept that like she's a megastar that has like made millions before she ever stepped foot in america like right. his name all over the all over everywhere but america basically right not even just indian and bollywood but she's considered lesser and then there's also there's another bollywood actor who was in start one of the most recent star wars movies too where i can't remember his name but like there's always just like a lesser it's always interesting to me that how like they are putting in work in these bollywood musicals you know or movies and then they Mm -hmm. come over to america and it's seen as a lesser so like even with lauren's situation it makes me go like that that's just such a weird dynamic because a lot of times yeah. I hate that they glorify Hollywood as being so good because it's trash like everywhere else. But a lot of people <laughs> outside of the United States glorify Hollywood media, like Hollywood movies and television shows. So a lot of them dream of coming over here to do one of the big budget movies. And I get that. But it's like, mm-hmm. it's so weird to me sometimes when and I see that. And my last thing I'll say on the Lauren thing is like, if I'm thinking about all my experience in like the professional entertainment industry, Um, and even like working at a talent management studio in a previous life and like knowing all the things I know and looking at her, she, there's nothing quote unquote, according to Hollywood special about her, which I think probably plays into that decision. Like she looks like a normal girl, but she like wouldn't play your girl next door or the quirky best friend. Like she doesn't really fit either of those tropes. Um, she just looks normal and I wonder if that also played into it and also like you know dance is still evolving as like something that people are is a bigger industry commercial industry in the U.S. still so anyway I was just very intrigued and interested by the fact that she was in the movie and like how we got there yeah I I wonder if that what you were just talking about how she wouldn't necessarily be cast in Hollywood movies because she's not enough of a personality to be the quirky friend and she's not enough of a uh, enough of a girl next door type i wonder if to an indian um demographic if she translates very well as specifically an american girl next door because she does specifically play the american in this movie abcd2 i wonder now i'm kind of curious watching some of the other bollywood movies that she's in if that's sort of the type that she plays there so in ABCD, she's in that one. Uh-huh. Um, they don't make her an American at all. She's oh, okay. Just another girl in the streets. And then that's too, I'm still ashamed. That's so interesting to me because slightly tangent. I watch a lot of Korean dramas and Chinese dramas, mm-hmm. and I was like having a marathon of watching a ton of them, and then I came across a Chinese drama where there was for all intents and purposes, a white girl was like a prominent character in it. And I was like, that's not right. And then like I researched her and she's actually half Chinese, half uh, French, white, I don't know. European? (laughs) Of some kind. Um, But like, and so I was like looking at the message boards and everyone was like, 
everyone felt the same way I felt watching mm-hmm. that first episode, being like, I was just kind of taken back to see, you know, a lead a lead girl, the ingenue, be a not Chinese girl or a non a, a non looking Asian girl, and like mm-hmm. she's growing in the series is fine. They did well. They're getting another season. Blah blah blah. But it was just like so. I kind of feel the same thing where it's like maybe seeing her, they see her as she might play an Indian character, but she might still be a very Americanized. Mm-hmm. They might have a very Americanized attitude towards her. Uh, or like even if she's playing somebody who is herself a native Indian, we can safe as an audience we can safely assume her parents are immigrants from america or europe or one of her parents is an immigrant from america or europe and she by incident was born in india yeah yeah which is a very real very real thing we all have a friend that was born in america but raised (laughs) in the uk like he's right so not American. Like me, he is now. He's been over here since he graduated college. But like, he was literally <laughs> like, I was born in Tennessee. Then I got on a plane. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, it's so random. So so. Random. Uh, that, that was my uh, my old roommate. Actually, was born in Jersey, but was raised in Europe and didn't come back to college. Yep. So I actually have a fun fact. I know we get we wanted to give you guys this, but I was hoping one of you would bring it up. Uh, so the what the team that ABC two is very loosely based on fictitious dance group. Um, They are now known as Kings United, which they were on World of Dance. Um, And why? I I tried to look it up. Apparently all of the cheating scandal is fictitious. That's made up for the movie. Mm -hmm. And now, and if you watch their routines on World of Dance, Remo definitely borrowed a lot of their moves for oh, yeah. all three movies, ABCD, ABCD2, and Street Dancer 3D. Doesn't so speaking me. of borrowing so, things. But forgive me for this. How exactly is this movie based on them in that case? So, uh, they were the first Indian group to be in the Las Vegas hip hop competition. Oh, so, okay. I see. Yeah, okay. how it's loosely based is they had a dance group. I forgot what the I think it actually was in, in fictitious dance group. That's the name of yeah, that's the name they, of the group. They had it and they went to India. No, they went to they had they had a team in India. They were mediocre. They were not doing as well. Uh, that was the first team. I don't think in, in fictitious was their first name. They were doing mediocre, then through left that group, started fictitious they went to vegas lost so that part is similar second year they went back and they they lost and they were the first indian team second year they went back won the vegas competition third year was world of dance okay so so the the portion where it's an old team that disbands then reforms as a new team Mm -hmm. and then goes to america and then goes to vegas Mm -hmm. right and they like And then also uh just quick question is World Stars with a Z hip hop a thing? Cuz I know World Star hip hop is probably <laughs> because okay. and it, it makes me think that specifically especially dealing with the Filipino group they the their language is so very English is kind of intermixed so randomly that it would mm-hmm. that they do random mark things where it's like that should be an S instead of a Z and they kind of switch it. Right. Uh, I, it just like it blew my mind every time I heard World Stars hip hop, and I was like, "World Star? No, wait, no, different thing." <laughs> I mean, maybe they changed it because of copyright. I just tried to Google it, and I'm not like 
getting a hit. So I don't know if I don't know if it is. Maybe the name was just changed for the movie. Okay. Because it just uh, every time every time I heard it, I was like, oh, are we gonna see some fight videos? <laughs> That's that what's gonna happen. Tom, right, 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 right. <laughs> but I mean, it's not it's not uncommon for like movies to change names of organizations right. and groups because like it's just uh, weird that they would pick a name that's also the name of a totally unaffiliated thing but uh, another media I mean, I'm entity getting, i'm getting a hit on like philip philippine all-stars okay is it is a Filipino hip hop group from the Philippines that won the 2006 and 2008 uh, hip hop world dance championships. Okay, so that must be what it's based off of. Okay. Yeah, it's just like it would it would be like having a movie where there's like some sort of baking competition and you called it YouTube. Right, like, right. it's just weird right. to me that you would pick a name that's so similar to the name of a thing that already exists. Or Netflix. Right. <laughs> or something that I also just found really interesting that like. I wonder like how strong their hand was. This is the only movie, only Indian movie that Disney distributed, like owned and distributed. Oh yeah, let's talk about that for a hot second. So the movie started and I was like, wait, this is a Disney movie? I was like, <laughs> and then I was confused. So I was watching it with my boyfriend and I made him put it on. I was like, oh, can you put this movie on for me? And Disney came up and I was like, are you sure you put the right movie on? Because I was like, I was like, I, I was, because he was like, yeah, I was like, no, it's a, it's supposed to be a Bollywood movie. And he was like, this is what it says. And it's, so I was it, like, and what's so weird is because what happens, tip, to my knowledge, typically what happens is like, Disney is American based and they will partner with other companies. So when movies are released or even, you know, a predominantly Brazilian or whatever movie, it will mm -hmm. come out, of, it will have the hands of someone that lives in Brazil and Disney is basically just pumping money into it, you know? Yeah. It's all it's Miyazaki's work, but Disney slaps right. their logo on it mm -hmm. and does the uh, North oh American God. distribution. Whenever y'all compare the, any Miyazaki, bring me back. Um, we'll keep yes. you in mind. Uh, yes. that, and that's the thing too, because uh, so there's ABC, ABCD2, and then Street Dancer 3D. Street Dancer 3D was supposed to be called ABCD3, but Disney now owns the name Anybody Can Dance. There you go. Welcome oh. to the Disney power. Never yeah. so, Oh, wait, yeah. I forgot a similarity between both movies. There's a title drop. Oh. oh. oh I love, I love a, good a good title, title drop. drop. Yes. <laughs> Anybody Can Dance. Oh. And I don't think bring they ever it. even, they never even actually say bring it on in bring it on. They say bring it. They say bring it. Yeah. They, they do, but it's the football players who say it. Oh yeah, no, oh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I, also, I also think that like, and I mean, I understand it was supposed to be like a sequel of some sort, but anybody can dance. I'm like, that makes no sense. Like this is already a pre-established like dance group. It's not about like this person that thought they could never dance is brought in. So I was like, the name doesn't right. make sense we're just moving on it, it's so, just in reference to the character who is deaf and mute um and then it's just a minor minor little line that they throw in right. there explain they make him deaf or mute just for that one line i probably well so the, i also was like that's highly inappropriate but like cool so in the <laughs> first movie the whole idea uh we could cut this out but the whole idea is that uh, they're all not professionally trained dancers. They're like street dancers and everything. Mm 
So that's the whole idea with anybody can. That makes this. sense. And so and they come together. So this is just piggybacking off of that title in a similar way to how all of the Bring It On sequels have nothing to do with the original Bring with It On. Bring it on to as exact, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just it's about a truly franchises. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you do you want to get to final thoughts? Yeah, let's. Yeah. We turn into Jerry Springer and we do final thoughts on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Tony, Danielle, and anyone who is new listening to our podcast, uh, we always end with a few final thoughts. We just sort of ask each other questions uh, to wrap up everything we've been discussing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first question we always ask is, can you think of any other movies that have these shared attributes that these movies have? So I actually watched a movie last summer because one of my favorite podcasts, How Did This Get Made, was doing an episode on the movie High Strung, which I believe is also still on Netflix and is really terrible. (laughs) And it's a dance movie though. So I was like, I'm here for it. I went to the live show, it was a whole thing. And they have a lot of the same tropes um, with like, There's like the street crew who are, who are like not quote unquote professionally cha- trained, but there's also people from So You Think You Can Dance that are in that group um, who live like downstairs. And then there's like the ballerina. Um, and then there, there's the whole like they lose a competition and then they win a competition. So like it definitely rem- reminded me a little bit of that movie as well. Mm-hmm. We brought it up. I'm going to say Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you, got, you gotta say the whole title you gotta, you gotta say the, say the whole, whole title. title it takes you five years to do it but you gotta say it <laughs> Tony do uh, you have one in mind that I is can't kinda... think of anything that like really fits because like the I rest mean, of the there Bring are, It On like, series they so... that's the yeah. thing and there are so many dance movies that have so many of the same cliches but I can't yes. think of like specifically that they lose the big competition and or that they are revealed to have stolen their routines at the beginning yeah there's no yeah there's nothing that fits yeah. that specifically that kind right. of right yeah but like i mean you could it's yeah. the they lo- they lose rather than yeah. they stole something i mean yeah. i guess in a roundabout way you could say uh it's a sports movie but bad news bears they end up losing oh, right okay oh I mean- rocky loses as wow. does uh, as does Adonis Creed in the first Creed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also very How different. Dare you compare them? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, <laughs> I love the Rocky movies. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but he does lose in the first one. He um, definitely does. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's really the best I've got for that. So moving along, did we like these movies? I'm going to go ahead and say Bring It On is a Stone Cold classic. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I actually really did enjoy ABCD too. Um, it, there, there, it was long and it could have been easily 40 minutes shorter. With yes. some, with well, some worth good, it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with some story editing. Um, but I really did enjoy it. Same. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like as a fun movie and a movie with, really high quality dancing and choreography abc2 mm-hmm. was awesome um and then yeah bring it on is just like it's a cult classic now yeah you, if you were if, if you were born like if you were a child in the 90s 
in the 2000s and you don't like bring it on i don't understand you don't it's one of, yeah like it's one it. of those things it. where it's like i don't understand your brain same it's just a <laughs> part of one of those movies that you saw whether you knew it or not like you it's just there um yeah and i i saying with abdc2 i was literally like cut two music videos trim all montages down to two minutes and then i'm down for it but like I still did enjoy it. Like, I did not find myself hating any part of it. I definitely enjoyed it. But it was just, I said, it just got long on certain parts where I was like, you gave me the point. I don't need you to keep hammering it home, you know? Yeah. But definitely enjoyed it. I have a quick question for you guys. What was your favorite dance number out of the whole thing? Because I know me and Danielle said we really loved the bar. Yeah, that was probably my favorite. Yeah, that was probably my favorite dance and song. Mm -hmm. Um. I am different. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about you, but I'm different. I'm different. I'm going to say uh, the finale, Vande Mataram. Ma- mm-hmm. Mat- okay. Mataram. Yeah, no, that one did really, I really thought it was beautiful and very moving. When you have the subtitles with the lyrics going. I yeah, want, it is really beautiful. It, it makes it so powerful. Um, yeah. I also... Love. I, I. I. We didn't mention this. I loved both ending. Both the, uh, how both movies have a, a post-credit scene. Of oh yeah. Yes. yeah. So I also did like happy happy birthday. Yeah, the little <laughs> happy birthday song that was really. Um, our next question is: Would we watch these movies again? Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say yes, bring it on forever and always. I would watch ABCD2 again, but I might fast forward through some of the parts. Completely. Same. The exact same. Yeah. Thing yeah. I wouldn't fast forward. I love this movie. <laughs> Good. I, I love it. I do, I do really like it. It's just two and a half it's hours. I know it's long, but like, what, I'm like, are we watching it. a movie or is this La Miz? What's happening? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just the one or two numbers that I was just like, oh, the whole desert dance. I didn't need it. I didn't need it. No, no, so like, is yeah, no. I'm with Sadie. I would definitely watch it, but there'd be moments I would just. I mean, I'd watch the whole thing and not fast forward through any of it, but like, you know, also be on my phone for parts of it right like doing oh, other yeah. things yeah like i'd i'd be i'd have it on in the background oh yeah we're right. millennials come on yes come on <laughs> <laughs> it's called multitasking <laughs> um, would we recommend these movies yes absolutely yeah yeah and i'm gonna recommend for the three of you to watch the other movies i have them on my list i have they're, the first one downloaded they're uh, as long but you kind of know what you're in for the first one has a little bit of ballet in it too. Mm. And then the third one, Tony, they have fire on their feet at one point. See, my anxiety <laughs> is going to be so high watching that one. But now I got to check <laughs> when I watch it. Okay. Yeah. Because like, it's oh, anxiety. But okay. Okay. Yeah. And if you guys want to do an episode uh, covering the other movies, you give me a call. I'm ready there. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> definitely a movie that's like the same as the person with like the teacher leaves and like forms it like i feel like that exists somewhere already as well yeah. in, in like american movie cinema does, i feel like it does too but i was just like power throwing all of those in center stage and step ups and i was just like all three center stage movies and i was just like i can't anymore <laughs> you guys there are three center stage movies i learned that's that like a mistake 
No, there the only one. one I've ever seen is the first, and the first is also a cult classic. Yes. And I will forever and ever love that movie. It's one of my, I could, it's one of my favorite movies. Yep. I watched all there, three. There's one. That's all I need to know. There's I watched one. all four of them, and I watched all five step ups. <laughs> I've had to watch all like, five step ups for work. Never. Didn't, um, didn't like center stage become like an Ethan Seifel baby, and he's like in all of them? He's in the third. So, the third one is kind of like Center Stage All Stars in a way, where you have people from the first and second movie come back. Oh my god! But um, as the same characters, or yes. but like is Peter Gallagher in it? Because if not, then I don't need to see it. <laughs> he yes, he's in the oh, second one. Oh, he cameos in something. Oh my god. He's in the second There's a one. question. This is going to get cut. Have you guys seen the 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 Australian show Dance Academy? Yes. No. I, I think I watched like an episode or two. Yeah, it's basically the same setup as the original Center Stage, but as a TV series and in Australia, and mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with it. You should watch it. It's um, really good. It makes me cry every single time I watch it. Not you should watch because me and Danielle talked about this Blood and Bones. Oh, that show's fucked up. It's so fucked up. It's Wally Beckett fucked up. Wait, I think I've heard of this one. It's like the a docu series. No, no. This is a this is a drama. But it was all it was like on Stars or HBO or one of the yeah. So it was created by Maura Wally Beckett, who was a writer and director on Breaking Bad, and she very much brings that energy into the ballet world. Yes, ma'am. Doesn't it's make on, any fucking I think, sense. I think it's on stars. I want to say stars. And it's wild. I, John, <laughs> I basically watched the whole movie. The whole series was like. So here's the thing though with it is like parts of Just, like parts of the of like the fucked upness that happens in the ballet company, that's like real, at least right. to degree. But then there's like the homegirl's whole backstory, which is just Fucking insane. Wait, it's just it trauma after trauma. Yeah. Blood and bones. And then like, she yeah, goes it's just crazy. Again. It's so crazy. Okay. So crazy. All right. So back to our final, final thought. <laughs> um, the whole thesis of this podcast, basically, would we say that these movies are the same? I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. They start off on a very similar premise and then take it in very different directions and then sort of tie it back into a similar spot in the end. But I think the journey getting there is so significantly different that I wouldn't necessarily say they're the same movie. Uh, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna agree. They have similar moments, but like I tried really hard to get our friends on, a, on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't want to watch yet another movie where they mash up ballet and hip-hop no, oh god we appreciate you for well, and i do think it was interesting because like obviously like you know i know bringing it on so well that i'm going into abcd2 i was like looking for like okay is there going to be similarities or not yeah. and knowing you know what this podcast is about and what we're going to talk about but there are a lot of similarities there are a lot of the same tropes used but i agree with shady that the journey of how they both reach the end is is vastly different. Very different. Yeah, yeah. I think I gotta agree. I'm gonna say something similar I said about Pitch Perfect and Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga, which is that <laughs> they have very similar 
like the actual plot line and conflict is very similar, but they're so based in how the characters interact with each other and they don't really use the same character types. So right. that changes it significantly for me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like they might have had similar pitches when they went to the studios, but yeah. when we got the scripts, we just ended in different places. Yeah. yeah. And and they're both so dependent on that portion of it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. And you, dear listener, can at us if you feel we're wrong. Yes. <laughs> uh, Tony and Danielle, what are your, we're going to let you go first with plugging. What are your socials? You, do you, you, you want to plug yourselves or do you want to plug your podcast? We'll, we'll do it all. Do it all. Yeah. So the podcast <laughs> is Point Your Toes and be listening because these guys are going to end up guesting with us as well. But uh, the podcast, um, we are Point Your Toes on everything. Um, we are point, we're, we're point your toes on everything and we're point PYT, I believe on all social media. Yeah. So if you go to Spotify, your Apple podcast, wherever you listen to it, we are just point your toes. And then, yeah, we're at point PYT for social media. Um, yeah. Thanks. And then my personal um, Instagram, which um it well i would say that i you know i got some good dance stuff up there but it's um at d underscore colange that's my personal one or oh i had to check because i uh, forgot to change mine but it's gonna have to stay this now um mine is williams ii30 and i usually change it for my age but i didn't so it's gonna be 30 forever hooray uh, my Twitter handle is at Movies John, and that's John with no H. Uh, mine is at Cookie O'Shady, spelled exactly how it sounds. And then our podcast, Movie Deja Vu, our e- uh, you can email us. Uh, we're Movie Deja Vu Pod at gmail.com. That is M O V I E D E J A V U P O D at gmail.com. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Movie Deja Vu, and on Twitter, at movie deja uh sorry that's wrong that is so wrong (laughs) reverse it reverse it it. we're on facebook and instagram at movie deja vu pod and we're at twitter at movie deja vu no pod because continuity Uh, the the, the pod got disqualified for cheating (laughs) Uh, if you want you guys can email us uh tell us that we are wrong about things or you can give us (laughs) suggestions for episodes and that's funny that i mentioned that because next week is a fan submission episode Mm. we are going to be doing killers versus night and day i hope you're ready i'm ready i'm ready i think that's gonna be a good one so (laughs) point your toes danielle and tony Thank you again so much for doing yes, this. Thank you. This was so much yeah. fun. We'll have you come back. I don't know if you want to come back and maybe not do dance movies. Uh, yeah, I'm here for it. I will. I'm game. I'm game. I mean, this is so after, fun. Yeah. We both, Tony and I both like, we love watching movies. Like we've all, we're all part of the entertainment industry. We know the thing. Okay. We can so always we'll, do okay. a sequel remake on the Dirty Dancing movies and then not have to talk about hip hop and ballet being mashed up at all. <laughs> But That's then we have to watch the sequel to Dirty Dancing. <laughs> <laughs> but it's got I Diego mean, Luna in it. <laughs> I, do have, I do have on our on our list uh, eventually to do a sequel remake of 
center stage one and three. <laughs> Amazing. I'm so here for that. Let's, let's just do the, it. The first one's going to win, but let's just do it. Let's do it. So the, the, the third one, they go, they go to a, a boot camp. An intensive boot camp. <laughs> uh, well, that's it for us. The curtain has closed on this episode, but we hope that you will join us next week. And every week after that. Episodes come out every Thursday. You can find us on your favorite podcast app. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We are at Point PYT on all platforms. And we want to take this time to say thank you to John and Shady for joining us. So oh if you God, guys can so give us your fun. your uh, <laughs> your uh, information again so they can find out where to listen to your podcast, where to find you on social media, and even look up you guys. Uh, well, I am at Movies John, and that's John with no H again. I am at Cookie O'Shady, spelled like it sounds. And you can find our podcast, Movie Deja Vu, exactly like that, on pretty much any platform where you get your podcasts, except for Pandora. Boo, Pandora. Or uh, Pandora. You can email us at moviedejavupod at gmail.com. That's M-O-V-I-E-D-E-J-A-V-U-P-O-D at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at Movie Deja Vu Pod and Twitter at Movie Deja Vu. No pod because we're very consistent. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm your co-host, Tony Williams the second. And I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. See you next week on Point Your Toes, the adventures of an NYC dance. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>